0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
2: The volume. Daniel! All right,
3: guys, welcome back to Three Rounds. So we've been off for a little bit. We had, obviously, the fight in London. And then last week I was gone because, unfortunately, we lost someone in my family. Uh, So I was trying to be supportive for my family and my sister. So I was gone trying to do that. But we're back now, right? And I've missed you guys. And even though we're going through our personal stuff, the MMA world has continued to move on. So I've got a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to be back. So I've missed you guys, and uh, I'm excited that we're back to three rounds. So it's time now to get to the fight. So let's go. So we ready, right? We back. It's time for round 1. <laughs> I'm going to show G- you.
1: G- I'm, G- G- yeah. I'm experienced.
3: Round 1. Jorge Masvidal called out Kobe Covington, Hamza Chimayeh, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns. He pretty much called out everybody in the welterweight division. So is finally getting ready to fight again as he competes at UFC 287 in Miami. It's a great opportunity for Masvidal. And You can see in his behaviors, you can see in his approach that Masvidal recognizes it. That's one thing about Masvidal. While he has been on a bit of a slump in fighting, he's done a lot of things positively to help his career in terms of media, getting game bread, boxing, going, and everything else. But as he gets ready to get back into the octagon, it comes with the media rounds. And you start to try to build hype around your fight. Well, last week, you go to the biggest platform they have in MMA, Ariel Hawani Show, right? And he spoke about his fight. He spoke about the state of the division. Obviously, Kobe Covington and his disdain for him is on top of that. He spoke about Hamzat Chemaev. He also spoke about the new champion, Leon Edwards. So you wonder about a guy that has lost as many in a row as he has. Why is he talking about all these guys? Because he's a lightning rod, and he understands that. So what do you do? Shot number one goes to the guy that is considered the number one contender saying he knows that Dana promised Colby Covington a title fight, loves Dana, but ultimately recognizes that Dana says a lot of things, but believes whoever makes the most noise is the one that will get a title fight. Now, Masvidal can say that also because of his history with Leon Edwards. Lastly, he said Colby Covington is only the champion of calling the police. So, These words in regards to Covington, while they may seem odd because Covington won the last fight, they just fought each other in the last fight that both of them had, but these guys have a very bad history against each other. They can't stand each other. But he also recognizes that Kobe really doesn't have much of a pass with Leon Edwards. He's fighting Gilbert Burns, who's won two in a row, who's looked phenomenal, and he knows that if he beats Gilbert Burns, He recognizes that he then has the opportunity to make that jump, to find himself against a guy. If if you're in Miami where it's going to be a pro-Masvidal crowd, he wins, gets in the middle of the octagon and tells Joe Rogan, I want Leon Edwards. Come get this biscuit. Come get this two-piece. Dude, the world's going to go crazy. And Dana will look at that and go, hey, man, there's a lot of history to that. Then he took aim at Hamza Chamayev. He said about the Russian star, F you. You miss weight by eight and a half pounds. Get the expletive out of here, and you're still talking about nobody wants to fight you? Go make weight before we talk about fighting. That's the first thing. Don't do steroids. Make the expletive weight that you agreed upon as an expletive man. You're going to miss weight by eight pounds, and then you're talking cool, and you're calling people out. Get the expletive out of here. And then I saw him do a comment where he was calling out Alex Baheda. Who are you, Hamzat? This is the world champion. You don't even have an effing win over a top 15 guy. Get the out of here at 185. Out of vitriol towards Shemayev. Because, again, lightning rod. How do you get headlines? How do you get us talking about you? That. That comment, that statement tells me, wow, Masvidal's coming out, guns a blazing. Dude got the smoke for everybody, even Hamzat, who is by many considered the scariest guy at welterweight, even though now it sounds sounds like it seems like he's going to be fighting at 185. Lightning Rod, smart by Game Bread. Talk about them all. But ultimately, he's a three-to-one dog against Gilbert Burns. He still got that as an option, which he touched upon saying he recognizes how tough he is, but he called Burn- Burns a front runner and once you get him tired or hit him, Burns will start to falter. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I get it. And I don't disagree with the way that he's playing the game because I know that I'm more interested today than I might have been initially. The moment the fight was announced, excitement then it starts to falter because the world moves as they go into training camp. But with that one appearance, Game Bread has made himself the talk of the town again. He hit Chamayev, he hit Covington, he hit Burns. Masvidal understands the game. And all these quotes that he's doing, that's promotion rule number one. Like I said, he's a 3-1 to one dog. But if you listen to him, Masvidal doesn't, doesn't question if he gets the job done. This guy wins impressively with his star power. I could see him right in the conversation for a fight against Leon Edwards. Great job, Game Bread. Exactly what you were supposed to do. (laughs) I'm going to show you is. I'm experienced, So we're in the round two, and we got to talk about Patty the Batty. Patty Pimblett had some words for Jared Gordon from the hospital. Look, man, there's... You could tell when guys don't like each other. But if you're in the hospital and just having surgery and you're taking time to uh, make a statement, and not only just a statement, like a mad statement, and not hold back while in the hospital, you're big mad. Patty Pimble was big mad. He said that he wants to punch Jared Garden's head in towards the end of the year. He said he wants to run it back. He hopes that Bobby Green... Gets beat by Jared Gordon because he said he's going to snap his arm in a round. He said that he had a boxing match with him and still won. He goes, I hope Jared Gordon, watch this, you're a beep, dog shit. At my worst, you couldn't beat me at your best. Injured, everything going wrong, and you couldn't beat me on my worst day. And I beat you on your best because you're a little bum. Now, look, Patty Pimlet got a lot of uh, vitriol and public kickback after that fight against Jared Gordon, as he should. Because one one thing that I thought was odd about the Pimlet-Gordon situation was Pimlet got the decision. It was a very close decision. It was a very uh, disputed decision. But when he walked to the center of the octagon, I thought that was mistake number one, right? He just acted as if it wasn't even competitive. Hey, hindsight is, I don't know if it's 50-50 or some shit people say in the world. Like it's, But now looking back, at least he admits that the fight was closer than he originally thought. But he's saying that he was hurt and injured and, Like he said, his best day, Gordon couldn't beat him, but he, I think he has to take a bit of a different approach with this Jared Gordon situation because I don't know if I interviewed him before the fight and he almost dismissed Gordon, right? Like Gordon wasn't on his level. And now he's saying he's going to get him out there very early. I think the approach maybe needs to change a little bit to where he respects Gordon a little bit more after spending that 15 minutes in the octagon with him. Now, I'm not saying fear him. I'm not saying be hesitant in your approach against him. I'm saying respect him to the point that you don't suffer from maybe having an expectation that when it doesn't come to fruition – you seem a bit uh, confused. Because Pimler did do some good things in that fight. Like, let's just be honest about it. I know people want to shit on him and people want to talk about uh, UFC bias and all that. That's that's not the case. I mean, hell, somebody last week scored the fight for Cheeto Vera. I love Cheeto Vera. But dude, he didn't win that fight. He barely won any moments in that fight. If anything, he won one round. So to think that people just said, Patty Pimlet needs to win this fight was kind of crazy. Judges make mistakes. A lot of times, judges make mistakes. A lot of times, they make mistakes. And I believe that was one last weekend with uh, Cheeto and Corey Sanhagen, who look great. But nobody is is telling the judge how to score the fight for Patty Pimlet But I think Patty himself needs to get a healthy respect for Jared. And then I believe that he would, then I believe that he would maybe be able to have the type of performance that he expects of himself. Because when you put that respect on your opponent, it really does make you uh, prepare better. It makes you more ready to pivot and turn when things don't go as planned. It just raises your awareness now, he does not like Jared Gordon, but he should respect him because in the first fight, really close fight. Generally, we don't get these rematches early in career or the guys have to kind of come back together after winning some when they want rematches. But I will say this. I'm interested in this one even more now because I got to know if Patty Pimble can do it better or what. Maybe Jared Gordon completes the job. As he thought he didn't fight once, so this one has some meat on the ball.
2: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know who's really good, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton.
0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: (laughs) Yeah! Yeah!
3: Now guys, this one I'm really excited about. And I think it's possibly because of how close I am to the situation. But it's Henry Cejudo and Al Jermaine Sterling. This fight initially maybe didn't feel as big or it didn't feel as, as important as it should in a weight class that I feel is the best weight class in the UFC. So last week we had Henry and Al Jermaine on DC and RC. The interview was crazy. And these guys... I mean, they can't stand each other. And it's very apparent, right? Because something has changed. Something's drastically changed between these two. And you might say, well, it's promotion, right? Oh, it's promotion. When we went to Henry's house and had those two together, it was cordial. When we were driving there, there was a bit of nervous energy from me. There was a bit of nervous energy from Aljo in terms of like, what's this going to be? Right. I'm going to this man's house who potentially could be my next opponent. But once we got there, Henry put that at ease. I mean, we hung out, like literally did the interview and then we hung out, like literally sat and hung out. You couldn't get those two to hang out anymore. Right away, Aljo was annoyed with him because Henry was a bit late. The first interview, it almost seemed like Aljo was just kind of like getting talked at because you could tell that he respected Henry because he was in Henry's uh, trophy room. He was at Henry's house. And Aljamain Sterling, if he's nothing else, is is a student of the sport and a student of the game and a student of combat sports. So you could tell that he respects Henry. And Henry almost spoke at him almost like, Aljamain, this is what I'm gonna do to you, Aljamain. This and Aljo kind of sat there like he had his answers, but they weren't <clears throat> like this is this is my this is my reality opposed to what your reality is. Not just last time, not last time. I believe the biggest difference in that second interview from the first. Was Jermaine Sterling because he was not going to just take and absorb what Henry Sahudo was saying to him. He wasn't gonna be sat and talked at. He wasn't. He was going to talk his talk. He was going to respond and he knew his truth. Aljo knew his truth in that second interaction. And if you don't know, I look at the numbers. The the video on my channel, 400-something thousand. The video last week on ESPN's channel, 350,000, 400,000. People are interested in these two and their interaction, and why wouldn't you be? Because at the end of it, through all the talk, they are amazing fighters, absolutely amazing fighters. Henry has done nothing but win his entire life. And Aljamain Sterling, if you didn't respect him before, you better respect him now because what he does in that octagon is really special. And as I talked to Henry Cejudo, I tell him that. Yo, I was in Phoenix yesterday interviewing Henry for a feature we're doing down the line in the build to the fight. We had somebody with Aljo yesterday in New York. And I said to Henry, I go, this dude's different, man. You got to respect Aljamain Sterling for who he is. And he, while he does, he still feels like he's too much. Henry led me into his process yesterday. Guys, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. He's got this tablet. It has these peaking phases up and down. It's like he's got five sets of combat for mental, mental body, strength. Henry Cejudo is not just going to practice every day and saying, I'm getting ready for a fight. His process is different, and that's why so many seek him out as a coach. He's good. He's really good in preparation for what he has coming up athletically. So even though it may not feel like he respects Aljamain Sterling, I saw that tablet, and that tablet tells me that he absolutely does. But this one's different. And, guys, it'll be a competition between the two best Bantamweights In the world. Two of the best Bantamweights of all time. And it goes to Newark, New Jersey. And I cannot wait. All right. So now for my final thought. So a reporter told Dana White the other day, Daniel Cormier said Bilal Muhammad should be next for the title fight. And Dana goes, well, DC, while this is a nice statement, doesn't make these decisions. I don't. (laughs) I just Sit up here and I speak to you guys. But here's the thing about media. We are always looking for ways to draw clicks. So you leave out particular parts of the argument. I did say that. Based on merit and win streak, it should be below Muhammad. But there was another minute of reasons why I said, unfortunately, it's probably not going to be. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't always just come down to merit. In round one, I spoke about Game Bread and Kobe and Hamzat and all those guys, because all those guys have that history and that ability to draw. And in business, sometimes that always takes the front seat. Bilal Muhammad has something big in the works. He gets through that. He possibly gets that title fight that he wants so bad. But I stand on that. In terms of win streak and the things that he's done, He deserves it. Sadly, I don't think it's going to be him. And honestly, in business, sometimes merit doesn't always garner you what you think that you deserve. Until next time, guys, like, subscribe, and keep telling your friends about DC's YouTube channel. See you guys next week. From Miami. Welcome to Miami. (laughs) Inumini, ani, ani. Later. (laughs)
1: <laughs> infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring a performance by john Batisse. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn
2: your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them.
0: Taxes and fees not included Offer valid through four fourteen twenty four 24 while supplies last Online only Must purchase a straight talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify Limit of 5 phones per customer Family plan discount with 4 lines all on the silver unlimited plan Not combinable with auto pay discount Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge <sighs> Much better 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game